John chapter 14. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you, you know him because he lives with you. He lives with you now and later he will be in you. Let's pray together. Father, we sense that you are doing a new thing and we want to be in step with your plan and your agenda and your timing because what is important to you is important. Forgive us for times that we've exchanged your priorities for our own. No, we get it now. We're ready to hear and obey. We want to be filled with your power so that you can accomplish your plan in our generation. Holy Spirit, come and fill your church in Jesus' name. And everyone said, you may be seated. Well, good morning. It's good to be in his presence. Well, listen, you know, if you've lived here long enough, you know that occasionally we get, you know, power shortages, brownouts, and some blackouts. Ever, you know what I'm talking about? I remember a few of these happening on some Sundays. <laughs> Were you here when we did a Sunday morning out in the courtyard, right? Imagine, imagine us all here in this room. There's no lights. We just got some flashlights and, and some Christmas lights, you know, strung around the drum kit. Yeah, we did that one too. We just did church anyway, because the power that we need does not come from PG&E. Circumstances cannot stop a church filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Is the roof leaking? Just bring your water rings in a bucket. We're going we're gonna to do church anyway. <laughs> and I remember just before one of the Christmas productions, you know, the, the lighting system was surging and, and the lights were flickering and the tech team was kind of, you know, stressing out. And I told the choir, you know, out in the foyer, or out in the um, fellowship hall, look, you know, we can still praise Jesus without spotlights. We can do it. And a few years back, there was a, a huge power outage out in the Northeast. It affected 55 million people, 10 million people in Canada, another 45 million people across eight states. It was huge. And some areas got restored to power in a couple of days. Other areas, it took two weeks to get power back. And they were trying to figure out, they were scrambling to figure out what happened. Why did this happen? A software bug in an alarm system in Ohio caused the operators to be unaware of a need to redistribute load after some transmission lines dropped into foliage. And what should have just been a, a local blackout cascaded into a collapse of the entire electric system, right? The whole grid went down. Water supply shut off. Transportation stopped. Industry stopped. Communications. Everything that you and I take for granted as a part of modern life was shut down. Almost 100 people died 
over those two weeks as a result of a widespread loss of power. A small local problem, neglected, quickly became a big problem for millions of people. A permanent problem for 100 people who died and all of their families, right, as a result. Power, it makes life possible. Power makes life better. And all the saints with air conditioning said... Power, it makes difficult jobs easy. Power, it increases productivity. Power saves time because we can accomplish work faster. Power saves lives. And if everything that I just said is true in the material world, how much more true is it in the spirit? And now there are people, you know, in the room this morning maybe who got a little uncomfortable because I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit today. People who love Jesus, you know, they want to serve Jesus and they read the Bible but are misinformed about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. And I remember my wife telling me about a conversation she had with a woman in the community who said, I want to come to your church, but then, you know, I heard about that there's, you know, people talk in tongues and believe in the Spirit. And I, and I don't know, I guess her license to handle snakes expired or something. She felt, I don't know what, peop, I don't know what people think goes on here, but she decided not to come. Listen, we're here today because we want to know truth. We don't want to rely on what other people say or what other people think or extremes that people get into. There are people who go to extremes. You know what I'm talking about? One extreme is people treating the Holy Spirit like it's some kind of a show. Like, you know, come see the Holy Spirit circus. And the other extreme, people, you know, that don't believe that the Holy Spirit functions or exists today in the way that we read in the Bible. But we're here today Because we want to know the truth. Do you want to know the truth? I mean, wouldn't it be ridiculous to live like we're Amish because blackouts happen? I mean, imagine if all the people who experienced that huge, massive blackout in the Northeast, you know, instead of just fixing it, just said, hey, you know what? This whole electricity thing, it's kind of a hassle. Things can go wrong. Humanity has lived without power for thousands of years, and so can we. So just leave it off and leave us alone. Plato said, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. And we are not afraid of the light. We invite the light and we seek it. But you know, the beginning of the verse that we read this morning, it starts you know, in a very kind of intimidating way because Jesus says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. How many of you believe in Jesus this morning? Have you multiplied loaves and fishes? Have you cured leprosy? Have, have you healed a blind person? Hey, some of us have actually seen something like these things, right? Have you raised the dead, though? Has anybody done that? Anybody? Jesus said he would send the Holy Spirit and fill us with power. And I believe that. And I have experienced that. And I have seen some things in my life. But there's a kind of religious atheism that creeps in and results in a powerless Christian life. But today, the truth of God's word is going to break through lies. It's going to break through fears. And to everyone who is hungry for more of God, I am telling you, there is more. 
There's more, and that's good news. Imagine what would happen if every priest and every pastor in town got baptized in the Holy Spirit and was filled with his power. Not just, you know, in some altar service, but brought the Holy Spirit with them everywhere and influenced everything that they said and everything that they did. Imagine the joy and the healings if every believer in Jesus in our community was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine the deliverances and the freedom and the marriages and the families restored? God is going to pour out his spirit more and more as we get closer to the return of Jesus. Do you believe that? Speaking of more, do you remember when the Oroville Dam got some more? (laughs) It got more water than it could handle, right? Because it had been neglected. And it began to crumble. You know, and what did we do? We all packed up and we split town. Remember that? Do you remember the gridlock? We had all been praying for rain, and then it came, and then the infrastructure couldn't handle it. And if the dam had broken, homes would have been destroyed, and and businesses would have, you know, just come to a stop. But the Spirit of the Lord is going to be poured out in a way that's going to make last year's rain look like a drip. It's going to make Tropical Storm Florence look like nothing. Tidal waves of the Holy Spirit are coming, and it's going to change people as radically as Noah's flood changed the geography. It changed the planet. It changed the weather system, and everything changed. And this is another reason why we're so grateful for our pastor, isn't it, and for the direction that he has, because things are changing. The focus of ministry is changing here because we are being led by the Spirit, and there's an anticipation, and we all feel it. A surge, because we are signaling to God that we are only about your agenda, Lord. But just like the Oroville Dam, there is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit coming that will not be contained. And he's going to break through every man-made tradition, and he's going to disrupt business as usual, dead religion, and Satan and all of his powers of darkness are going to be forced to pack up and split town, just like we had to, right? They're going to evacuate, But in a drought, in a spiritual desert, that's where darkness sets up camp. You see, there's a war going on for the minds of people. Spirits of bondage that use lies to control and manipulate through weakness and through addiction. Spirits of depression that want to emotionally just sap the life out of people. Suicidal spirits that want to cut short the lives of people. Wicked spirits that rejoice when marriages split apart and families blow apart. And we see the evidence of this all around us every single day. Our society is a spiritual desert And we don't have time to waste on dead religion or powerless traditions just checking boxes with God and just, you know, church politics because none of those things will give us victory. What will is when we begin to recognize that we need to be filled up with so much of the Holy Spirit that not only do we experience victory in our lives, but we can also bring life to those around us who are walking around in a drought. Because when the power goes out for an extended period of time, people die. 
we look around and we see evidence everywhere that our culture is sick. It is spiritually dying. People are starving. They're thirsty for something that is real. They're thirsty for the power and the presence of God. And we have it. And guess what? We're going to give it away. And we're going to share it everywhere that we go. I used to watch this show called Doomsday Preppers. Anybody ever watch that show? Are you ready to admit it? <laughs> Who's with just a few guys? All right, I, I, you know, you're my guys, all right? I like it. Uh, you know, my poor wife. Oh, Kirsten. <laughs> I would love to watch this show because, you know, I was interested in how people would strategize what to do in an emergency situation, right? Where would you go if you needed to evacuate? What would you do if there was a run on the grocery store and there was no food on the shelves? What would you do if the power went out and it didn't come back on for a long time? And the people on that show were making plans. But you know, mainly, it was just about them. It was about saving themselves. But receiving the power of the Holy Spirit is more than just making sure that you have enough to get through. It's about you having a source of power inside of you always so that you can share it freely with others around you. Jesus did not perform miracles for himself. They were all for others. And in John 14, Jesus said, anyone who believes in me will do. Jesus wants you to experience life and the power of the Spirit. Miracles are not exclusive to professional preachers and missionaries. If you have ever experienced a miracle in your life, an answer to prayer, salvation, or healing, or a word from God, a restored relationship, provision when you were desperate, anything that you know that God did it, and only God could do it, I want you to raise your hand this morning and testify to the truth. Look around. You are surrounded by living miracles in the house. Give God praise this morning. God wants anyone, God wants everyone who believes to experience miracles. And Jesus said, if you believe him, you will do. Congratulations, you believe. You believe Jesus is the son of God? Demons believe that too, and they tremble. Jesus said, if you believe, you will do the things that he did. But you know, there's a problem that comes when we try to do things backwards. Trying to live a good life, try to be a good person, you know, try to do good things like pastor was preaching about on Sunday night, do good. But many Jesus-loving Christians drag themselves into church exhausted because we're trying so hard to do good without the power of the Holy Spirit and you've been exhausted for a long time. It's because you're trying to do things on your own strength. You're trying to work hard that Jesus is working in you, but it's on your own strength and you're running on fumes and you're miserable and you're making everyone around you miserable. Please stop. I want you to know that there's more for you in your relationship with God. You can receive power, the power of the Holy Spirit to come and energize you and equip you to do in moments what would have taken you years. And you don't have to be, you know, like the Amish. You're just, you know, trotting along in your little buggy. And God wants to drop a V12 turbocharged Lamborghini into your soul. Do you want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit? 
In John 14, Jesus talks about another component to receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, if you love me, obey my commands. Look, we all know that faith without works is dead. Your actions will always be a natural byproduct of your belief. And in the same way, obedience is a natural byproduct of love. I want to say it again. Obedience to Jesus will result if you love him. It will be the result. It's going to happen. So honestly examine your life. If there are areas where you are not obedient to Jesus, it might not be that you don't love him at all, but that other loves are crowding in to what is supposed to be an exclusive relationship. Look, I think it's safe to say that everybody here has a love for Jesus. But if you find those areas of disobedience in your life, it's that you love something else more. And Jesus is jealous for you in a good way. Jesus is invested in you. Your salvation, it's not a theory to him. It was very personal. He gave up everything for you. And he was not ashamed of you when he went to the cross. His love for you went way beyond just saying words, I love you. When you finally arrive at the place where you can say to him, Jesus, I love you more than holding on to my bitterness. Jesus, I love you more than my need for attention. Jesus, I love you more than my need to always be right and win arguments. Jesus, I love you more than my ego. Jesus, I love you more than pornography. Jesus, I love you more than whatever it is that you've been using as an excuse for not doing what he asked you to do or for doing what he told you not to do. Our love for Jesus will result in wanting to please him and obey him and do life his way. Faith, love, obedience, these open the door to receive and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith is how you receive everything from God. It's key. Do you believe? It's how you received salvation. It's how your relationship with God began. And if you're not experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, start with faith. Do you believe that Jesus will give this to you? Love. Jesus called love the greatest commandment. Is your passion for God engaged? The evidence will show up in your obedience. See, these things, they begin to open the door for the Holy Spirit who is with you now to move in. And Jesus promised, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. The power of the Holy Spirit was so important to Jesus that he told the apostles, don't start preaching until you have received it. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate and distinct experience from salvation. And Jesus describes it this way when he says, he lives with you now and he will be in you. Okay, so I bought Kirsten a pressure washer. <laughs> I know. And I got her the little extra nozzles and all the attachments and stuff that go with it because that's the kind of man I am. 
Yeah. Sign up for my How to Be Romantic Connect group after the service. <laughs> but she was really excited because she wanted one. And the first time that she went out to use it, you know, she, uh, she opened it, she got the hose out and she attached the hose, you know, to it and, and you know, turned, up the, turned on the spigot. And she was kind of like, well, this isn't as impressive as I thought it was going to be. So she began to, you know, really check out the nozzles and did she put it together right? And she realized she hadn't plugged it in. She gave me permission to tell the story this morning, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm clear. She hadn't plugged it in. And so she plugs in the pressure washer to the power source, and then boom, now this thing is cleaning the whole exterior of the house. She's running around looking for things to shoot with the pressure washer. That's right, because now she discovered how much fun it was and how easy it was to accomplish things when it had power. And salvation is you got the gift. You received it. You got the pressure washer, right? Baptism is the water. You know, you hooked it up to the hose. And those who repent of our sins and we believe in Jesus, we get baptized in water. Jesus commanded that. So let me just, you know, repeat it here. If you love Jesus, obey his commands. And if you haven't yet been baptized, do it tonight in the service. John the Baptist identifies Jesus in Matthew 3. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. To be effective, you need the power. It's called being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in the, in the Bible, baptism means to be immersed and submerged and saturated. And for the early Christians and for Christians today in other countries, just being baptized in water and declaring that you belong to Jesus was enough to mean that you would be disowned by your family and rejected by society. It could even be a death sentence. Politicians turned on them. The Roman Empire, it made Christianity illegal, and they slaughtered Christians by thousands in the Colosseums, and they burned them in, as torches in Nero's gardens at night. And they walked to those final moments, not shaking in fear, not moaning in despair. No, they went into those Colosseums singing songs to God because this is our spiritual DNA. This is what has been lying dormant in us for too long when we can't even go to work with joy in a song, when we can't even go to a family reunion with a smile on our face, when we can't even endure the smallest inconvenience without complaining in big black clouds of anger, we betray the fact that we are living in a spiritual drought and we need the Holy Spirit in the way that they had it. Can I get an amen this morning? Because power coursed through the veins of that church. Signs and miracles accompanied their witness of Jesus. And it's time that we remembered who we are. A living temple designed to house power. Power that will not be dismissed. Power that will not be ignored. Power that will never be manipulated. And I will never, come on, give him praise this morning. I will never forget the experience as a small boy on a Sunday night in church and my dad had finished preaching and people were down at the altar singing and praying and worshiping God. You know, I was raised on the front row as a kid and I, you know, they'd set me up with a toy or a book or whatever and sometimes I'd even fall asleep in church. 
But at the altar time, when the presence of God was moving and people were calling out to God and his presence would move in, I I was drawn to that and I would even wake up if I was asleep because God was doing a work in my heart as a child. And one night, something very special happened because I felt the presence of God in a way I had never felt before. And the next thing I knew, I was opening up my eyes and tears were running down into my ears because I was on the floor and I was speaking in another language and I had been filled with the Holy Spirit. And years later, even when I had gone off into rebellion against God and was living a selfish life, I always knew the reality and the truth of that moment and that experience. And I'm so grateful for the many times, even though I mistreated the Holy Spirit and I grieved His Spirit because of my selfish attitudes and my actions, that He was willing to forgive, that He did not reject me in the way that I had rejected Him. And so if you're listening this morning and you think that you've gone too far and you would never be restored to the love of God, I'm here to tell you that is a lie. Run to him and you will find he is running to you. (laughs) Praise you, God. And I began to seek him again for that experience, that baptism of the Spirit. And Jesus made sure that that happened for me. And he will make sure that it happens for you too. But an experience with God is not an end to itself. There is a purpose. We are to be his witness. Jesus said, when this happens, you will be my witnesses. You see, a witness appears in court. And that is exactly what is happening. Because this world is about to be judged. Jesus came, he died, he rose, and he is coming soon. And we are just here as witnesses to corroborate the truth and supply, you know, supporting evidence. And while we meet here at 2620 this morning at church, this building is not the church. You are the church. And your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you bring your body everywhere that you go? Some of you are thinking about it, so I'll ask it again. Do you bring your body everywhere that you go? All right. Then you bring the Holy Spirit there too. Then you bring his truth everywhere that you go. Yes, speaking in tongues is the initial evidence, but the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to open your eyes and open your spirit to truth, to see it, to know it. John 16, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And Jesus said in John 8, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, he's the ultimate red pill. And suddenly, you know, you can't slip back into the matrix again, the matrix of ignorance and the matrix of lies. You can't watch movies the same way. You can't listen to the radio the same or watch TV the same way. All of your interactions and conversations are different now because he's in you. He's showing truth to you. And when you're reading the Bible, suddenly now things pop off of the page that you never saw before. Why? Because the author is in you and he is teaching you truth. And the old lies that you used to tell yourself, you know, to justify bad behavior, the old lies that Satan would use to manipulate and control you, all of that just falls flat. And you can see through the matrix of lies because now you're filled with power and you can never go back. Your circumstances don't change. 
you change. You know what I'm talking about? When as a kid, David was anointed by Samuel to be king, the power of the Holy Spirit came on him. But did David like immediately start drafting state policy and making laws? No, he did not. The crown did not come to him until he was 30 years old. No, young David received that anointing and he received the power of the Holy Spirit and he went back to watching sheep. It was a greater anointing for his current position. And it doesn't matter what you are doing, grocery shopping or accounting or selling or coaching or teaching, the Holy Spirit inside of you means that you are living with his power and not yours. And he will give you a greater anointing for your current position. Kingdom power is nothing like the powers of this world. Some people will sell out anything, will sell out anyone, compromise any principle in order to gain some political power or some status or influence over others. You see, the power of this world is all about control. But the power of the Holy Spirit is the power to set free. I said the power of the Spirit is the power to set free. And the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit will set you free. It will set you free from your past and free from controlling thoughts and behaviors, free from the lies that have wrapped chains around your mind. And not only will you be free, but now you will have the power in you to help you untie others, to free others who are all around you and are bound. And that's what the early church was doing. They were so filled with power that cities were shaken. Their stories were recorded so that you and I would know what normal Christianity looks like. This is the supernatural power that we are intended to carry. It was put there in your Bible to inspire thirst in you. And Jesus said in John 7, Let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. I remember I was, uh, I was just doing a normal thing. I was grocery shopping. Just an everyday kind of a thing. I'm going through the grocery store. I'm about to turn a corner and I see somebody a woman that I know, and she's standing there. And she's like, I'm like, is she talking? There's nobody else around her. I'm not sure. She's kind of, you know what I mean? She's kind of like tucked up against the side of the aisle. It's kind of strange. So I walked up, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? What you doing? <laughs> I'm praying. I'm like, Good for you. That's great. No, I'm, I'm praying for this woman in the aisle. She's crying. You should go talk to her. <laughs> nice. Remember, remember when uh, all those thousands of people were, you know, out there w listening to Jesus and they all got hungry and the disciples run to him, Jesus, you should do something. And they're like, you give them something to eat, right? Uh, I didn't have time for that. I was just like, okay. So I go around the, the aisle and she's standing there, tears are coming down her face. She's in the magazine aisle. Hey, um, are you okay? Do you need some help? This woman doesn't know me. I don't know her. It doesn't matter. <laughs> None of that matters. She's crying. And, and I have something. I have the Holy Spirit and the compassion of God. And she tells me she found, found out her dad had moved to another country and got remarried. And someone just called her and told her he had got sick, died. We cremated him. That's it. She didn't know that her dad was sick. She didn't know that he had, 
you know, died and never got to say goodbye to her father. And the, the emotion overwhelmed her in the grocery store. So I prayed with her. And it, listen, why would we ever be awkward? Why would we ever be concerned about what anybody thinks about us? It's not about us. It's about him. It's about his kingdom. And if you are a Christian, he is in you and you have him, but you don't know what you have until he's in you. Because in John 14, Jesus says the distinction. He draws it out. He lives with you now and later will be in you. And some shrink back from the baptism of the spirit because you're afraid of what others would think. If you are worried about what other people think, what an incredible waste of time. Why is God's opinion less valuable to you than someone you have to pretend with? Right? So my kids this summer, it's, it's fun. They love going over to Nona and Papa's house because, you know, they, it's Nona and Papa, right? And they have a pool in the backyard, which makes it extra cool in the summer. And they love swimming. They get all excited about going to Nona and Papa's house. They get to go in the pool. And it's been fun to watch them, you know, progress in their comfort in the pool. Because kids love the pool. We all love the pool. <laughs> we all love the We're still a kid, right? We all love being in the pool. Well, it's fun to watch the kids because they get excited and they splash around. But you could see Noah is a, is a year younger than Mila. And he's still sort of, you know, progressing a little bit. She's doing flips and she's doing all kind of crazy stuff in the water. And he's just sort of like getting to that. He was getting the summer to the place where he could put his whole head you know, under the water and not be too scared, right? But once he did that, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm, you know I'm, you know I'm going here? You love being in the water. You love being in the presence. But there's some fear about going out into deeper waters. You know what I'm saying? Because what's going to happen if I go all the way in? It's, it might be scary. But you see, once he understood that he could plug his nose, and go under the water, you can't stop him now. All he wants to do is run around. He's belly flopping. He's jumping backwards into the pool. Like, it's all day. He would do it all day if you let him. And that's how it is sometimes with, with good people who love being in the presence of God but are a little intimidated to go deeper with God. It is a good thing, and Jesus wants you to have it and experience. How, how many of you know that you and I are living in a spiritual war zone, but without the Holy Spirit, you're trying to fight it with a revolutionary war musket? You know, you've got your, your, your little powder, you're putting the powder in, the little ball and the little rock. Meanwhile, the enemy's there with AKs, you know, and mortars and, and all, IEDs and everything, right? And you're wondering, why? why why am I losing all the time? Why am I so exhausted? Hello, you need the Holy Spirit. Because having the Holy Spirit, now you don't even need to be in the same country as the fight. Because you could be praying all by yourself in your car or just with people in your connect group. And boom, you just landed a bomb on the enemy because you're flying a weaponized drone. Romans 8, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. And the Spirit of the Lord is everywhere. It doesn't even matter where your rebellious child is at right now. It doesn't matter where your rebellious grandchild is at. There is nowhere to run, baby. There is nowhere to hide. The Spirit is there. 
And I don't need to be in China to fight spiritual warfare in China. We pray against those strongholds that are coming against the Chinese church. We agree that in spite of persecution, that Holy Spirit power would be poured out in the church in China, that Jesus would be drawing Chinese into his kingdom because he loves them, because he died for them. Come on, church, I want you to pray with me. Just stand to your feet and begin to intercede for Christians around the world. Lift your hands. We bless the word of God as it goes forth in India, out in Pakistan where Christians are being persecuted. We pray for ministers who are preaching this morning out in places like Afghanistan or down in Kenya or in Nigeria or South Africa. Christians who are enduring persecution, they are enduring suffering and death and torture. Jesus, you died for us and many times today are suffering for you. So let your presence and your power go to them now. Are your churches agreeing? Our lives are yours as you see fit to use because you purchased us. So in life or in death, Jesus be glorified and let every drop of blood spilled be remembered by you and be demonstrated the power of the love of God can bring mercy even to those who hate us. We pray for those who beat us, who beat our fellow Christians who hate us, who kill our brothers and sisters, that just like the prison guard who held Paul and Silas in jail, that they too would see the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, that they would repent and cry out to Jesus. We pray that the power of the Holy Spirit be poured out in Muslim nations across this world, that believers there would witness with great power and with miracles confirming the testimony of Jesus, who God is. Break the lies and the deceptions of Islam and let those who once shouted Allahu Akbar look to Jesus and say praise the Lamb of God who is the Savior of the world by the power of his Holy Spirit. And we agree this morning. Come on, lift your hands. I want to hear a praying church this morning. We pray for pastors. We pray for priests all over this community and all over this world everywhere that they would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, that they too would feel and know the supernatural power of God. We pray for an end to the drought, oh God. Send your rain. Send the rain of your spirit. And let same old, same old dead churches be flooded again with the presence and the power of God. Wash away dead religion. Wash away rituals. Wash away distractions and pettiness. Wash away all that is dead and bring life. Bring the power of your Holy Spirit because it is not by might. It is not by power. It is by the Spirit of the Lord. Let everything you have promised come to pass and pour out your Spirit so that we will rise to be your witnesses and let it begin here. Let us in this room, let everyone who is listening, wherever they might be, be touched by your presence and power, O oh God. By, be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus and of the church said, give him praise.